It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. England started day three in positive fashion with Joe Root and David Milan batting through the first session without losing a wicket. However, after the dinner break... Australia removed the set batters and England crumbled to lose their last eight wickets for 86 runs. The wicket that triggered the collapse was that of English captain Joe Root, falling to the all-rounder Cameron Green for the second successive innings. Australia opted not to enforce the follow-on and finished the day on 1 for 45 with a lead of 282 runs. Earlier today, Lewis Cameron spoke to Ricky Ponting for his Ashes analysis, proudly brought to you by HCL, the official digital technology partner of Cricket Australia. Ricky, thank you very much for joining us on day three uh, in this final session, mate. Australia just bowled England out for 237. Um, is there any way back for England into this game? Can't see it, no. Yeah. No, I can't see it. I mean, their batting just looks way too fragile, doesn't it? I yeah. mean, their top order have struggled. Uh, Milan and Root have dragged them out of trouble on a couple of occasions, but haven't really been able to capitalise themselves either. You know, Milan couple of 80s and route, you know, was well documented um, not being able to go on and convert here in Australia. But the rest of them just, um, you yeah, know, don't look capable of keeping out high quality bowling for long periods of time. And um, although Australia didn't start that well in the uh, the first session today, they turned it around quickly in the middle session. You know, I thought Cam Green's bowling was outstanding and, yeah. and Nathan Lyon, once he swapped ends, which is something that um, they need to take a lot of credit for because he's, he looked a totally different bowler from the other end, yeah. um, which allowed him to build pressure from there which started the whole you know, six or seven maidens straight after the lunch break and, and changed the momentum in the game. Why did the ends matter for Nathan? More spin, more bounce. Oh. Uh, I mean, his preferred end is always the opposite end where he started from. He's, he's done most of his damage here in Adelaide from that end. But when we saw Joe Root bowling yesterday, he was getting some spin and bounce from the other end. And I think that might have been the reason that they, they tried it. That time, that is out. Lyon gets his man. Beautifully taken by Marnus Labashan. Because there wasn't really that much happening from, from this end, well, this, the end that he started from. But when he, when he t- um, changed the other end, there was significantly more, more turn and bounce. What did you make of the battle with him and Ben Stokes? Uh, obviously, Ben defended him a lot, a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, what do you think of it? I, I think looking back now, I mean, Nathan was in the middle of an awesome spell and didn't bowl any bad balls at all to Stokes. But the way things were going, um, you know, Stokes dug a bit of a hole and then couldn't get himself out at the end. When, when wickets were falling around him, he, he'd probably look back now and wish he had been a bit more positive early on. Because, mm. um, But that's what pressure does. And it looks like he might be carrying another injury again. It looks like he might have done something to a, to a right glute, the way he's moving out there. I'll be surprised if we actually see him in the field, to be honest, with the way, the way he's moving um, mm. with the bat. But, no, it, I mean, Nathan, Nathan's got him, I think, six, six times in Test cricket. Um, and it looked like he had a bit of a curse on him today. He, he wasn't willing to try and take him on at all. And it's a pretty simple game, according to um, Kevin Peterson, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, any, yeah. any merit in what uh, what KP's got to say? Oh, the int- I can understand the intent, but yeah. it's it's you know, and you've got to show intent to score, which I think is what England did really well early early on in the first session day. Their intent to score is really good. You know, mm. was, 
good loud sharp calls, good good strike rotation, put the boundaries away when they when they could, and then it dried up after that. And it was pretty much dried up when Nathan changed ends. But um, you know, pretty much from that the moment that that tweet went out, you, you saw Nathan bowl some of the best balls he bowled for the day. I mean, the, the ball that the ball before the Wokes wicket. Um, the Wokes wicket and then the Robinson wicket, they're serious deliveries, off-spinning deliveries. I mean, they were turning square. So, yeah, I've always always said it's an easy game sitting on the couch at home watching, but when you're out there confronted with something like that, um, yeah, it's pretty difficult. I mean, even some of the things you had to say about an off-spinner off with no variation, well, yeah, he's got 505, uh, 405 test wickets and he's got 50-odd Adelaide Oval. So it goes to show that he's, he's a pretty difficult customer to face it on this track. Uh, as is Mitchell Stark, who became the first uh, person to pick up 50 pink ball test wickets with that last one uh, that we saw just now. How big a weapon is he in pink ball cricket? Just well, in it's ridiculous, really, when you look uh, at you know his record in those games compared to others. It's 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 amazing. But I mean, we we, we think back and rel and talk about him swinging the pink ball prod prodigiously to get his wickets. That didn't really happen much in, in this game. It didn't it didn't swing a lot at all. Um, mm. You know, we did a comparison. Anderson swung the new ball more than Stark in similar condition in the evening sessions, and you know Stark got burns last night with one that seemed more than swung. And then his his spell in that middle session today, I think that's as as good as I've seen him bowl a, a little three or four over spell when the ball wasn't moving. Mm. His lines and lengths, and the, even the build up of pressure on Butler to get get him the way that he did. Uh, and, and get Milan as well in that spell, I, I thought it was outstanding. So um, lots of good signs for the Aussies as the day went on. Edge, another catch. This time it's Warner. Stark's got three. England lose their sixth. And have now got major problems, the tourists. Was there a point to prove for him in a sense that the two new guys um, who came in, I'd be interested to see what you what you thought of those two. But um, there's all this talk about this, you know, this depth that Australia has. and. Um, and Jai obviously looks like a like a really good bowler. Obviously, Pat and, and Josh are going to come back. We, we think for, for the MCG. Did with all that in mind, did Stark have a point to prove? I don't think so. No, no. Uh, because I think coming here, he would have been confident in his record here in the past. He would have been confident coming here that he was no. going to get wickets in this game. And the, and the other thing to think about as well, he's actually the leader of the fast bowling attack for this game. So mm. um, that might have been something good for him as well. Almost not to be in the shadow of the other two, um, Josh and and pat and, and feel like he's the leader of the attack and stand up and lead from the front. And I thought he, I thought he did a really good job. I mean, he probably didn't start brilliantly last night, hmm. um, but he got that Burns wicket as he does in his first couple of overs all the time. And then today, um, when, and more importantly, when the team needed him to bowl a good spell today on the back of what Green and the line had started, hmm. he, he was spot on the money. Uh, picking up on Cameron Green there, has he got the wood over Joe Root at the moment? So far, yeah. Mm. yeah, two dismissals, two well, not similar balls, but um, you always feel, and I said on commentary early when he first started this morning, when he, in Australia when he comes out and tries to sort of punch the ball off the back foot square of the wicket on the offside, it just, you just feel like you're in the game, you feel like mm. a little bit of extra bounce he's going he's gonna to nick a ball. Mm. Um, today he didn't really try and force that one off green, but it was a back, back foot ball that he played away from his body to a ball that we're seeing Green be able to bowl more and more now, which is you know genuine genuine away swing or genuine um, you know leg cutters away from the right hander. So, uh, but he, even before the dismissal, he didn't look comfortable against what Green's got to offer, did he? Get it. And the other side of that, you know, he's probably, I'm not going to say he's got the wood on him, two dismissals in a, in a five-test match series doesn't mean that, but he's bowled well to him so far. Um, and I think we saw today that just what sort of player he could turn into. I, I'm still dying to see him get more of a crack with a newer ball. That's what I'd love to see, because 
on a wicket like that with a harder ball, with what he brings with that little bit of extra pace and bounce, so I think it'd be, he can be awesome with a newer ball. We heard what you had to say about his um, his batting thing, that you're quite confident that he can um, he can piece that together. Yeah, I mean, have you just have you seen a prospect quite like him? Like, you know, thinking back to, to Shane Watson during your time as a skipper and um, in your playing days, in terms of all-round prospects, where does he kind of sit as a talent? Yeah, they're, I mean, they're both, they're probably a little bit different trying to compare Watson. Well, Watson was probably always more of a, a batting all-rounder. Cameron's probably always been known as a batting all-rounder, but what we've seen so far, there looks to be a lot of promise, as much promise with the ball as there is with the bat. So, um, yeah, it's a little bit early to make that judgment. I mean, Shane Watson ended up being a terrific cricketer for Australia in, in all three formats. Um, but, you know, with the... With what we've seen on, on raw ability and skill, then there's probably no reason why he can't be sort of a generational type player. And just final one on him, you, you touched on it there, but him taking the new ball potentially even when Cummins and, and Hazelwood come back? Yeah, not so much the new ball, but you know, even if he's you know, a first change or a yeah. couple of overs yeah. here and there and the right, the right times on the right wickets and stuff, I, I, because he can generally bowl genuine outswing, that's yeah. the thing. But he's, you even look at his action, he's got a, such a nice sort of side-on outswingers type mm. action so um, yeah so and you can imagine if, if let, let's say it's a spell that Patton and Hoff have bowled together then to have him come on the back of that it's almost mm. like you just got another one of them coming at you so it, it could be hard work for batters for sure. The final one I want to ask you about was um, was Joe Root who we've, we've kind of touched on a little bit 62 today he's made eight fifties in Australia in 20 innings so he's getting you know past the mark more often than not but not converting into hundreds is it a mental thing? Well, it always was. We talked about it until the last 18 yeah. months. We talked about it forever about Joe Root with his, but his conversion rate in the last two years has been yeah. outstandingly good. So, I don't know. Is he just not getting away with the mistakes in Australia that he has in other places? You know, is it, mm. is it the extra bounce and carry that these wickets provide that he's getting nicks on balls? Um, you know, a lot of his dismissals in Australia have been caught behind top mm. dismissals, haven't they? And mm. even that last series in England when he got pinned on the crease, a lot of those look like he's going to get outside edges on him as well. So, um, Look, who knows? If he had his time over today, actually the last two dismissals, if he had his time over to both those, he probably wouldn't have played a shot at either. Um, so yeah, it, when you say that, it's it's got to be a mental thing. Not a, there's no technical error, technical thing that he's done in the last two dismissals that have led to him getting out. It's it's got to be just probably not quite being switched on enough and mentally prepared for that for the ball he's got out on. He, he spoke to you a few years ago about it, mm. didn't he? Yeah. What did you say to him then? I don't know if it was only about that, or not. it might have been about batting in general. I think he was down, yeah. he was playing big bash at the time, twenty twenty cricket as well. And I think I said to him then about not being so focused on the shorter forms of the game and focusing more yeah. on being the best test player you can because it's it's really hard. And we haven't seen many players be able to master three formats at the same time. Um, you know, something's had to give somewhere. You know, yeah. Davies Davies probably as good as anyone at being in the top ten ranked players in T twenties one days and and test cricket. There's not many more. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember what I had to say, but, <laughs> but it, it, I mean, it all comes down to finding a way. And, and I reckon Marnus and Smith are really good examples of how they can find a way to be so switched on for so long. Mm. You know, so if it is a concentration thing with Joe, and you know, captaincy probably doesn't help either. Mm. <laughs> long periods of time in the field, and your team not going so well, and they haven't gone well of late, have they, with their test their test results? So, you know. All those things take a mental toll on you. They spent, we spent what one and three quarter days in the field before he had to go go out and bat. Mm. I, mean, I know that's Test cricket and everyone's been there before, but 
you're probably more likely to make a mistake having fielded for two days and then going out to bat than batting fresh. So maybe that's got something to do with it as well. And do you anticipate things getting even tougher for them, just the way it looks like this game might be going, maybe 2 nil down going into the last three tests? Uh, things are only going to get tougher from yeah, that point of view. Yeah, they will get tougher because the noise will get louder around their team. Um, the selection noise will get louder. I mean, look at that wicket today. The fact they haven't played a special spinner on yeah. that wicket, knowing what Nathan Lyon's done here in the past, that's got to be a huge blue. Um, yeah. If Ben Stokes is injured on, on the back of all the bowling he had to do in the first innings because they didn't have anyone else that could bowl that, Wood wasn't there, yeah. then they've got to have a look at that. Um, yeah, so it, they'll start doubting pretty much everything they do. That, that's just what happens. When the pressure, the real, the real pressure comes on, you know, there's, there'll be more, if they lose here, there's more pressure on selections. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Who do we play in Melbourne? Mm. What are we going to do looking forward? Because a lot of the thinking I've heard so far about England is what we're doing next week. So far, it was last week in Brisbane was about having Broad and Anderson right for here. Mm. Everything I've heard about this week is making sure that Wood's right for the later in the series. Well, if they lose here, there's not going to be any later in the series. So mm. uh, it sounds like there's been some conf confusion coming out of their camp. Almost that they thought that you know when they saw the pitch and that they lost the toss that this was just going to be a write-off draw. Is that kind of what you're suggesting? No, look, I don't know what yeah. I, I, I don't know what to make of their selections here. I mean, the fact I know. You know, Broad and Anderson were getting prepped to come and play. I understand that they, they both played here. Um, yeah. But if they weren't going to play a spinner, Wood had to be one of the fast bowlers as far as I know. He offers a point of difference. And the reason I'm saying that is because it's what Joe Root said after the game in Brisbane. He said that they wanted variety in their yeah. attack. Well, they've come here with, a, with no variety at all. So yeah. that's what I'm talking about, confusion. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.